You are listening to messages from Victory Outreach in the city of Whittier. We pray that you are inspired, challenged, and provoked to become all that God has called you to be. For daily insight, please log into victoryoutreachwhittier.org. Once again, I want to welcome you to our first service for those of you that are watching from all over. And uh, we've been on a series, uh, God Wants... God wants you to prosper. And we've been talking about today. I'll be finishing this series, and I'm going to talk to you about. Uh, uh, I'm going to talk to you and give you definitions of generosity and also of gratitude. And uh, I'm going to talk to you about the three things how these th- these are expressed in three different virtues that are mentioned in the Bible. And so, I'm excited about that because God does want us to prosper. How many can? How many know God wants you to prosper? Say Amen. Those of you watching online, God wants to bless your life. He wants to prosper you so that you can be a blessing. That's the whole purpose of it, so you can be a blessing. And that's the reason why. And so we've looked at a lot of scriptures. We talked about how, and, and how there's, uh, you know, about, about tithing and how God wants to bless you. We've covered so many different things. And, uh, and we know that a lot of times. But knowing doesn't necessarily mean that we're, we have the fruit of it in our lives. And so it's very important that we, we uh, activate our faith and we're obedient to God's word. Now, if you would open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I want to begin with uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we'll put it up. I think we already have it up. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. This is the chapter of love, right? The chapter of gifts and tongues and goes through all the stuff about love in verses 4 and 3, 4. But then we get to verse 13. And it says, and now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is, say it with me, love. Now, faith, hope, and love. And then he says, but the greatest is love. And he talks about it in the beginning of that chapter. Why? Now, generosity is the practical expression of these three values, faith, hope, and love. Generosity is the expression of faith you cannot have faith and not be generous you cannot have hope and not be generous you cannot have love and not be generous so it's the expression i want you to listen to this it's the expression of these three virtues that are found in the bible it is the way you it is the way i we express and put into action our faith our hope and our love see when i'm generous when you're generous we're expressing our faith. That's when it, we know that when it leaves our hands, whatever it is, and I use that word symbolically, it doesn't leave our lives. Our faith tells us to believe God's word. In Luke 6, 38, it says, give and it will be given to you. Now, I know that passage, and I want to clarify this. In Luke chapter 6, when you look at verses 36 and 37, Especially 37, he talks about don't, don't judge and you won't be judged and, and, all, and so on and so on. And, and he is talking about the way you give forgiveness and the way 
you operate in that is how it's going to be given back to you. But it's also talking about because there's no way you cannot do a word study on that word give and not, and not understand and realize with any kind of comprehension that it is a, 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 a term about ex, an expression in the Greek about giving of finances also. So when he says give, yeah, give, you got to give whatever it is you give. Whether you give kindness, you give forgiveness, you give mercy, you give grace, you give love, but also giving of your finances. And that's what we've been talking about. We're talking about generosity and how God wants to bless our lives. And we're focusing in particularly on that. So in Luke 6, 38, it says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure. I want good measure. How many want good measure? Press down. Shaken together. It will be poured into your lap. Woo! Overflowing. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. See, so that's how we operate in faith. When I give, when you give, we're expressing our hope also because we know we're storing up treasures in heaven. And I know, and you should know, our purpose here on earth is not just to gather up things, not just to gather up toys. When you get around people in the world and you hear them talk, that's what they talk about. But us in Christianity, us in the church, it's more than just that. Now, God, now God wants to bless you. Like, for, for instance... How many of you here own your own home? Raise your hands. Come on. Let's raise our hands. Okay. Raise your hands. Some of you, you're like, you should, yeah, praise the Lord. You're, amen. Now, hasn't been God been good to you and blessed? How many of you would like to own your own home? Raise your hands. Now, watch this. In every t- all, for over the years that I've been pastoring this church, now for many, many, many years, I remember I used to ask, how many of you own your own home? And we had like maybe out of the whole service. We only had one service back then. And then when we went to two, I would ask. And now we're still at two and we're in a bigger place. And we only had a couple of people. But look at how God is blessing his people. Now, how many of you, one more time, raise your hands. You're believing God you're going to own your own home. Raise your hand. Let God see it. Come on now. Amen. It's going to happen. Come on. Say it's going to happen. Because God is a faithful God. But we don't chase after those stuff. We chase after him. We walk with him, we walk in obedience, and God pours into our lives. Somebody say amen. amen. Faith, hope, that's hope, and love. So we know we're storing up treasure in heaven, but God will bless you here and now too. Somebody say amen. Amen, amen he will. I've seen it happen. But we also know that we're not just here gathering up things and toys and material possessions. You know, there's something about human nature that when you see somebody else have something, it's kind of you want it too. But, but, it, but when your heart is right with God, you don't seek after those things. You see God just blessing you. Paul the Apostle said, I've had plenty and I've had lack. But in all things, I've learned to be what? Come on, say it so I can hear it. Content. Blessed. Satisfied. Say, okay, God, I know you're not done blessing my life. I know you're not done yet, God. I know you're not done yet. Come on, somebody. I know you're not done, but I'm still content while I'm on the journey. doesn't matter what I have or I don't have. I'm blessed. I do not let the things I have or don't have affect my emotions, affect my attitude, affect my life. I refuse to let things or possessions affect my life. Are you hearing me? So we have treasures in heaven. That's hope. Matthew 6, 19 through 20. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth 
where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, when I'm generous, when you're generous, we're expressing love. You cannot, you know, you can't say you love and not be a giver. See, you can give without loving. How many ever gave, gave something and you really didn't give it because you really love that person or you love the situation, but you gave? Sometimes that can happen. But you cannot love and not, and not be a giver because love causes you to give. That's why God, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. You know, when you sum up everything about being a giver, it's just being like God. Giving is the center, the heart, and the, the heartbeat of God and the heartbeat of love. Love says, I want to give you because I care, because I love you. And it's so important. So, so important. Amen? Now, one of the desires that we've had in this church is we want to build a church because we're trying to build a base. We've been trying to bring that across in my own feeble way about the importance of you understanding of what kind of church you're involved in here. We're not just a, a church with no purpose or no meaning. We got, we got a mandate from heaven. We want to help Pastor Sonny around the world. Do you guys understand? But we cannot do that unless you're tied in with the whole vision of where we're going and what we want to do. We cannot be raising up people in the church and leaders or, or have a spirit in the church of just self, pleasing self. I want, I desire, I deserve, I've got to have me, mine, and I. This is the spirit of the world. But everything we want to do here is going to be other-centered. Other Somebody say amen. amen. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. It's a demonstration, an expression of his love. Somebody say amen. amen. Now let's talk about generosity for a minute. Being a giver. Not just a faithful tire, that, a tither, that's required. That's like something that we're, we're supposed to do, even though many are not faithful, but you've got to grow in that area. But a person that demonstrates or expresses love for God is because he understands that God has a divine plan and purpose for his life and for the church he's involved in, for his work and for his house. You know, one of the principles that we've taught our children and we're going to look back and see it's one of the most important ones is always put God first in your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added so that they don't grow up trying to chase other things. They don't grow up trying to, as long as they have their priorities right, God always makes a way. God will make a way. God will always make a way when you seek first the kingdom of God. When you seek first the kingdom of God. When you seek God's kingdom first. A lot of people are seeking other things first. When you put God first, he works everything else out. He has a way of making everything. He'll give you the desires of your heart when you put him first. In my own feeble way, what am I trying to say? Church, let's be a church that's on fire. Let's be a church who's sold out to the calling and purposes of God. That you would have it in your heart to seek God first and to build his kingdom, his work. He'll take care of your house. Amen. It's the most important thing we could do. We've also tried to model this to our children. To be givers of everything. Their time, their talent, and their resources. 
Because there's two kinds of people in this world. There's givers and takers. We want not only our natural children, but our spiritual sons and daughters, this church, to be givers like God. Not self-centered, stingy, it's all about me kind of life, but to be kingdom-minded, other-minded people. Now, this is a simple closing message because I want to seal what I've been trying to say to you for these last few weeks. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get this word, the word of God inside of you so we can continue to do great things. I'm excited about next year. I'm excited about all the things God's going to continue to do next year. Think about this, about this church, your church. Somebody say, this is my church. Come on, this is your church. I want you to say, this is my church. Come on, say, this is my church. Amen. God planted me here. It's here you're going to blossom. It's here you're going to bloom. It's here, some of you that are single. All the single people wave at me. No, look. I'll look around, everybody. All the single people wave. If you're single and you're not waving, I'm going to pray for you get the gift. Oh, more hands are going up now. Filthy animals. It's here you might find your spouse. Or it's here you're going to get married. It's here you experience your spiritual gifts. You learn and discover them. You grow. It's here you mature. It's here you get corrected. It's here the Holy Spirit brings conviction. It's here when you gather around the saints of God in a church that is alive, that somehow something stirs in your heart. It's here you say, man, I'm called to more than just my own little kingdom and my own little life. It's here you see the vision and you see everything that God wants. It's in the house of God. Thank God for the church. This church, your church, Victor Outreach Woodier, is where God touches your life and God touches others. You know, next year people are going to get saved. Next year, some people are going are to come here and they're never going to go to hell. That's heavy. I should just end this service right now. That's heavy. I mean, we, so, but we, you know what happens is we get so, so we're just so sometimes so earthly-minded because we're caught up with all about life here. We, we forget the big picture. Eternity. Eternity. When you stop and you think about it, God has done so much for us. He's taken us such a long way. Somebody say amen. amen. Now I'm going to try to move fast. Short message. The beautiful thing about this is, the other day I went to, I went to, uh, to Ryan and Brittany's house and uh, to see the new D home that they're opening up. And you know what was heavy? I seen Commander Robert and Sister Rebecca's grandson. In our D home. Hold on the wait. I remember when... Their, their, their son and their daughter-in-law were young, and they didn't have any kids. Now they're grown up and in a D home. Are you kidding me? They're getting old. <laughs> but look at how beautiful the church, because there's a church. When you go through stuff, good or bad, you have the house of God. 
So you're part of something. What am I trying to leave you with? The reason why we're, we're called to be tithers, the reason why we're called to be gender, the reason why we're called to be builders is because it's God's house and God's kingdom. This is not something little. This is bigger than you and I. It's here where people's life, men from the home are going to get raised up and sent out. We've seen it happen already. We mentioned one of them this morning, Pastor Ray. I seen when he came in the home out of prison skinny, and then he left big. Amen. Love you, Ray. We've seen it over and over. Isn't that beautiful? That's what it's all about. We're a church with a purpose. We're a life-changing church. And we're a life-changing church. We're a life-changing church. That's what Victory Outreach is. Victory Outreach and Victory Outreach Woodier is a life-changing church. They say, what is your church all about? We are a life-changing church. That's what we are. We're not just this or that. Or we're a life-changing church where people's lives are changed and set free and hope is birthed in their hearts. There's a sense of purpose and dignity and a calling of God. And every one of you is important. We are a life-changing church. That's why we have to keep building. We got to keep building, guys. We got to keep building a strong and thriving and growing church. See, that's why God loves a cheerful giver. Because it, it's about building other people. Somebody say amen. amen. It's about building other people people go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 2 Corinthians chapter 9 I'm going to begin reading verse 6. Real familiar portion of scripture. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly, and he's talking about giving, of not just your money, but everything in life, your time, your talent, everything. Remember, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously. Somebody say generously. Now let me say this about Generosity. You know, generosity is married to gratitude. When you have gratitude, when you're grateful, how many of you are grateful to God? Come on, how many of you are grateful to God? See, there's no way you can truly be grateful to God and not be a giver in every area of your life because gratitude produces that. It, it produces. When you have generosity, you can't be self-centered. You, it's, or you don't have true gratitude. And he says, generously, we'll also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give. See, it's an overflow of our heart of obedience and, and generosity and, and gratitude. And not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves 
a cheerful giver. When you've got gratitude, you'll be cheerful. Somebody say amen. amen. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad the gifts to the poor. His righteous endure forever. And then he says right here in verse 10, Now he who supplies seed to the sower. Come on, somebody say, God is my source. Come on, say, God is my source. God will meet all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. Mm-mm-mm. An increase. Everybody say, I need an increase. And will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. In other words, you grow when you're generous. You grow when you're like God. You grow when you have gratitude. You look at somebody who's not a giver, and that's somebody who's not growing. You will be made rich in every way. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous. Generous on every occasion. Through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You know, um, I've been doing, started reading some chapters from this book. And uh, I mentioned this before, and it made me go back and look it up. Um, there's a renowned psychiatrist. He's the co-founder of uh, one of the most famous uh, clinics there are in the United States, the, the Mayo Meninger Clinic for Mental Health. He said something heavy that caught my attention. He said in, one, in, in, in a portion of his book, he said, this is heavy because it, 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 it was, had nothing to do with this message. And I thought, wow, this is profound. He said, generosity, this is one of his quotes in the book, generosity is one of the most essential component, components of mental health. I thought, oh my God, are you serious? Think about that. And I, and I had to wrap my mind around this. Like, I, I was trying to figure it out. Because he said, generosity, and I'm going to say it again, is one of the most essential components of mental health. And then he said this, we have found that generous people are rarely mentally ill. Wow. Are you guys hearing me back there? That's heavy, huh? Now, there's some times where I felt like maybe there's a couple of screws loose from my past. But when I read this, it gave me some encouragement because I'm a generous person. I'm a giver. I'm always sowing seed. I'm always giving Pentecostals everywhere I go. So I said, my God, the screw ain't that loose. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. And I want to continue to be a generous person. He said it's one of the hallmarks of people that are generous, are rarely mentally ill. And I said, my God, it's linked in with who God is. When you're like God, you're going to be generous with kindness and love and compassion and understanding and caring about other people. And then just talking about money, it's about every area of your life. Be generous. Be a generous man. Be a generous woman with every area of your life. I was watching this show called Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> I like comedy because it makes me feel... I don't like all that like serial killer garbage. Man, come on. It's too much of that stuff. I don't watch horror stuff. And 
just watch the news if you want to see a horror movie. Seriously. And so there was this segment which goes into this about generosity of giving, of compassion, of love, and understanding. And so his wife, she's a character, uh, Raymond's mom and dad, she says, you never tell me you love me. I'm in a loveless marriage. And he got upset and he charged out and he went in his kitchen. He was eating a piece of bread, dry piece of white stale bread. And she came in there and she says, you're upset because I said I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a, a loveless marriage. And he's ignoring her. And she says, Frank, I'm talking to you. I didn't mean it, Frank. Although it's true. <laughs> Why don't you tell me you love me? And he's eating his bread, and she, right? And she, said, and she says, would you like some mustard on the bread? Would you like some, all this stuff she starts saying he's ignoring her, and he says, no, I like it dry and still. <laughs> like our marriages, right? Like you said. She says, oh, Frank, I didn't mean that. Watch this. And he tells her, why do you need me to say I love you? Doesn't my life and my commitment shout it out to you? And I thought to myself, yes, but you got to say it too. You got to say it too. Sometimes what people need is a kind word. Sometimes what people need is for you to be able to express gratitude with compassion and love and mercy and kindness and affirmation and all the things that God gives you. God loves us so much that he put a profound scripture in the Bible that says, says knowing that we have this treasure in an earthen vessel and knowing that the Holy Spirit's job is to bring conviction, even though the enemy tries to bring condemnation, God put a profound scripture in the Bible, and he says, even if your heart condemns you, there's one who is greater than your heart. He's saying at times when you feel like you let God down. Has anybody here ever felt like that? Have you ever felt your humanity gets in the way? Anybody here? Or is everybody a Pharisee? Hello? You, you know what I'm talking about? Come on, be real with me. He says, even when you feel like that, even when, and let me tell you something, when you walk close with God, you want to please Him. If you ain't walking close to God, you don't care anyways because you want to just please yourself. But when you want to walk with God, it grieves you if you grieve the Holy Spirit in any way. There should be conviction immediately. But he, what He's saying there is He loves us so much. He's so generous with His kindness and His mercy and His grace and His love and His forgiveness. He says, man, even if your heart is bringing conviction and condemning, I'm greater than your heart. I love you. What a generous God. I want to close with this. Being a giver displays God's character because God is a giver. We'll never be able to continue to plant churches, continue to do great things, and continue to help our founders. Unless we have a congregation of faithful tithers, faithful givers of their time, their talent, and their finances. Everything in your life that you have is because of God. Somebody say amen. amen. 
Everything in your life that you have is because God is generous and loving toward you. And God is saying today, I want you to be like me. That's what God's saying. In Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, it says, Be imitators of God as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Victor R.H. Whittier, you cannot love and not give your time, your talent, and your finances. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's stand to our feet. I want to have every head bowed and eye closed. I wanted to take a little bit of time. I wanted to have more time this morning for what I want the Holy Spirit to express to every heart here at this altar call. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Father, I praise you, Lord. We're going to sing a worship song right now. Come on, I want you just to begin to, to open up your hearts and say, Holy Spirit, seal this message, these messages in my heart, Lord.
Hallelujah. As every head is bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching online. You're not where you should be with the Lord. Maybe once you were on fire and serving God and caring for the kingdom of God and about His will, but you've kind of drawn cold in your heart or maybe you're backslidden or maybe backslidden in your heart. Maybe you never surrendered your life to Jesus. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now and you want prayer. God bless you. I see God bless you. I see some hands going up. I'm going to say this prayer right there. I want you to say, Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Heal my backslidings. I surrender my life to you now. I will let you be the Lord of my life. Come and sit on the throne of my life. With the blood you shed on that cross, wash away all my failure and all my sins. I completely surrender to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to sing that chorus again softly. And I want those of you that are here that want to go to another level in this whole area of, of gratitude and generosity of every area of compassion and love and, and, uh, and, and giving of your time, your talent, your resource. Those of you that want to come and surrender. Those of you who want to go to another level and other minded. That want to position yourself in this army for the future. As we sing this song, I want you to come and make a declaration to God that even in this upcoming year, you're going to go to another Jesus, level in all these areas the that you want.